You're listening to the home of cool, irreverent, and entertaining talk right here on L.A. Talk Radio. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on L.A. Talk Radio. here with you once again with another exciting show for you the art of love welcome one and all hope you're all having a great day and i am here every sunday to help you with your dating and relationship dilemmas or issues or whatever you want to call them i take your live calls i speak to uh, other dating experts because of course i can't know everything i know 95 percent. how's that I have Celebrity Corner, where I discuss um, celebrities' dating lives. I, I, of course, answer your emails. And I also speak to authors of other wonderful relationship books, which I have read and which I think you should know about. And today, I have the author of a book called Sucker Free Love, as opposed to Sucker Free Love. How to Avoid Dating the Dumb, the Deceitful, the Dastardly, the Dysfunctional, and the Deranged, <laughs> the Five Deadly Ds. And she is Deborah Cooper, also known as Ms. Heartbeat, and she has um, a column just like me. So let me bring her on, and uh, we'll have a little chat, a little chat. <laughs> Hello? 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 Hey, welcome. We are on the air. Well, hey, Lucy. How are you doing? Not bad at all. Thank you so much for being here today. So, um, as I was saying, you have um, the book Sucker Free Love with the five deadly Ds, the dumb, deceitful, dastardly, dysfunctional, and deranged. <laughs> Great title. Yes, Thank you. And um, you are a, um, you're a columnist. Is that how you describe yourself? I do. A uh, rela- uh, dating expert and uh, d- relationship coach is how I uh, define myself. So the advice column is, is, is one aspect of what I do. Right. And you write under the pen name Ms. Heartbeat, and you've had your column since 1995. Yes. Wow. Congratulations. I have a column, too. Um, I haven't had mine that long, so I'm sure you've heard a lot more stories than I have. Ooh, yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was reading through your book. I couldn't read it all because there's a lot of letters in here. It's um, all basically, well, comments from you, obviously, commentary, and then um, a lot of the letters that people wrote to you over the years. Do you ever, ever get um, letters and you look at them and you think, is this for real? I do. A, a lot of them, actually. And sometimes I will, uh, you know, even hit reply and, and try to write back to the person to get a little bit more information, right. clarification, just to make sure. But amazingly or not enough, you know, truth is stranger than fiction. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I read some letters. I'm like, is this a joke? Is this some, is someone just writing in just, just to, <laughs> just to oh, test me? <laughs> you know, and we hope, we so hope that it is. And unfortunately... Oh. You know, people get themselves into some real messes. 
Right. And, you know, I, I love your answers because I'm also, like you, I'm no-nonsense, bottom line, I get to the truth. Because don't you find that at least if you tell people the truth, you give them the power to at least make a change? And yes, and, but unfortunately, um, I have a folder on my computer called Hate Mail. Oh. And in there, I put all the responses from people that are just livid <gasps> with the response that they get. Oof. Wow. Yeah, they yeah, they ripped me a new one. Oh my god. So goodness. some people just don't want to hear the truth though. <gasps> you mean people that you gave advice to write back and send you hate mail? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I, it's uh I've been called pretty much everything you wow. can think of. Oh my I'm surprised <laughs> I'm surprised because I haven't received any hate mail yet. <laughs> oh no, I have tons. Oh I have a god. whole folder full of hundreds of them. Wow. Well they should be ashamed. But um <laughs> to their credit, some people do write back after that. Uh huh. And you know, maybe a year or so later I right. received several letters from people that swallowed their pride and said, You know, you were right. But those those letters are few. Right. And plus, you're just giving them advice. Why are they getting mad at you? Well, because, you know, it's like if you don't like, what did my mother used to call it? Mm. Um, shooting oh, the, the messenger. messenger right. Because you don't like the message. <laughs> right. Yeah. So shoot the messenger and that'll change everything. Right. Yeah. So it, it's, I think it's one of those kind of things. So how did you decide to write this book? Well, you know, over the years, um, I'd been... You see the same types of things. Yeah. And you notice the book is divided into chapters so that the letters are divided into into segments that deal with specific issues. Right. Those issues were the top seven that had come across my computer monitor over the last, you know, 15 years or mm -hmm. so. And uh, so I decided to put them together into a form that would not require a computer to read mm -hmm. and uh, so that people could concentrate on a specific issue that's affecting their life. And then, um, you know, have, they'd have a point of reference that they could refer to again and again without having to search through a computer, search through archives or anything like that. Just flip open the page and turn to page 200. And there you go. Right, exactly. So is there a question that seems to come up again and again? Can you think of one question? One? Or one, um, one issue, not the, maybe an issue, I should say. Well, oh, oh there's so many. Um, I think the number one, though, I have to say it has to do with women being unclear mm. about guys' feelings for them. So mm. they aren't they can, they see the behavior, but they aren't quite able to interpret what that behavior means. So there are a variety of questions, but that's kind of the bottom line theme of them. Right. That you know, so they they don't interpret his behavior as being really reflective of lack of attachment, lack of involvement, and so they're chasing somebody and loving someone that is no way ever going to love them back. And I think that's the number one issue that I contend with. You know, st strangely enough, I kind of have the same answer. I get um, letters from women, and it always seems to start the same. Well, we met, and everything was great, but then blah, blah, something happened, we, and then he pulled away, and now how can I get him back? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the same issue, so um, yeah. N now you have some... But why do you think that is? I'm trying to figure that out. Why Why do so many women want to change a guy that's you know, really not into them? What's up with that? 
Well, because you know why? Because he was in the beginning, and so they figure, well, what happened? It, you know, they believe the truth of the beginning as opposed to believing in the present time truth. They're still living in the past, don't you think? Yeah, and it's like, but you know, dating doesn't necessarily mean that you know there's a solid commitment right. here. I mean, that's what we pay for to figure out if someone's right for us over a period of time. Yeah. You know, if he's right for us past next week. Right. So when you find that out, just let it go. Let it go. Yeah, you know what I think happens with women is we create in our mind like an instant relationship. And just because we've had a few dates, now we have a relationship. Yeah. And that's yeah. and that's why they can't let it go. I love the line in your book where you say, just because you lay down with a man doesn't mean you get up with a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I know. I want to put that on a T-shirt. I swear. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great line. That's why I remembered it because that's so true. Women think, well, we have sex, then now we have some kind of a relationship. It's like, no, you just had sex. Yeah, and the young ones are especially um, affected by that because they think, well, you know, the attention that a guy pays them to get them involved sexually means something. It means that he likes me. It means he wants me. It means he loves me. No, it means he's horny. That's all it means. That's right. You need to look at his behavior after he has sex, not before. Yeah. Yeah, that's what really counts. So in the back of the book here, you have some questions that you answer. So I'm going to ask you them and see just what your quick off-the-cuff answers are. So you go, why don't men call? Develop a strategy to get the call. So what is your strategy to get the call? Uh, my strategy is to differentiate between what some of the stuff that we just said mm-hmm. um, and chasing a man that's really not interested in you. Uh, the number one thing that women need to do in a situation like this is when you give him your number, mm-hmm. make sure that you, you you be calm about it, be cool. Right. A lot of women will then sit by the phone waiting for this guy to call like the next day. Mm-hmm. And it just means he's going to call you eventually. But if you were interesting, you didn't give him too much information about yourself. You left a little, kind of like sprinkling breadcrumbs to lead a bread along mm-hmm. the trail. If you do that, then he can't help but call because you were so interesting. You were so fascinating. He wants to know more about you. Yeah, then he'll call. Right. Right. You can't look like too, you can't be like too happy to be there like, oh, of course, here's my number. Here you go. When are we gonna- yeah, are you going to call me? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, you going to call me at 5? All right, okay, I'll be waiting. No, just give him your number and say, yeah, well, you know, try to catch up with me. Um, if you miss me, you know, uh, try again because I'll, I'll be around, you know, eventually. Eventually, just yeah. Chill. Yeah, yeah, they kind of killed the mystery. Like, even when they call back, uh, instead of saying, hey, it's so-and-so calling you back, they're like, hey, well, right now I'm busy for the next hour, but then I'll be home, and then I'll be here, and then I'll be there. It's like they give a whole itinerary. I know. What is that? (laughs) That is definitely TMI. (laughs) Too much information. I know. I know. Okay. And then it also says, okay, is he using me for sex? So how can one avoid the booty call syndrome? Um, Because women need to really, we kind of touched on this earlier, understand the difference between when a guy has a lust-based interest in you Mm -hmm. and when a guy is truly into you as a woman. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, and I hate to say it because I, I get slammed for this a go lot. Ahead, go ahead. You know, people say, you know, you just don't want women to have fun. You're so oh, old-fashioned. You're this and that. Yeah. But the bottom line is women are not men. And right. we get emotionally attached to people 
that we sleep with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in order to protect yourself, don't be so quick to jump into bed with these guys. I mean, you know, spend time with them. Go on dates. I mean, it sounds old-fashioned and corny, but really, I think our ancestors had it right. Mm-hmm. You know, they had it right as far as protecting women's hearts and emotions yes, go. That's what it was about. And date the guy before you sleep with him. Know where he's coming from and what he's all about and what he has to offer you as far as his heart, attention, relationship, and, uh, you know, figure out what kind of guy he is. Yeah, otherwise... Then sleep with him. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to bed with a stranger. You don't know anything about him. And then the next day, you might find out something that makes you go, ew. Exactly. And Or he's married. Or he oh. has a girlfriend. And, you know, or he tells him, well, you know, I really don't really want a relationship. These are all things you should have found out before you lay down with him. Yeah, and no matter how much guys say, oh, it doesn't matter if she sleeps with me on the first date, I won't think differently of her, that's so not true. Oh, please, that is the biggest line <laughs> in the world. Oh, she can have sex the first date, I won't mind. Of course you won't mind, but you also won't take her seriously. Of course seriously. you won't mind. You'll be happy. You'll be like, woohoo, score. <laughs> yeah, and then I heard some guys, they ask, they try to get you into bed just to see if you're going to say no. And if you do say yes, then that's it for them. Right. Because they start thinking that you did, you would do the same thing with every guy. There's no value on a woman that spreads herself around like peanut butter. I mean, guys are real traditional. I don't care what women say, and mm-hmm. they want to think that young women can behave in these wild, you know, girls gone wild type fashion. Yeah. Men are traditional. When they come, when it comes to choosing a girlfriend slash wife, they just turn into somebody from 1812. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and these girls, they just don't get that. They just don't get it. And that's why so many women, you know, they're they're labeled, like, you know, they're the friends with benefit category or the booty call category. No guy's going to take you seriously. You display yourself like that. Come on now. Yeah, because it shows lack of respect for yourself, so... Exactly, and he doesn't want to take a chance. He's going to be out with you and his mother, and here's some guy that says, yeah, you know, I was out with her. We did this and that. Man, how was it with you? You know, guys, no, they're terrified of that kind of thing. So they go for the, you know, women that value themselves and treat themselves with respect. Exactly. So let's move on to the next thing here, which is why won't he commit? No, for certain, if he won't commit or if he just won't commit to you. That's key. Yeah. <laughs> and if a guy tells you, you know, so many women ignore what a guy tells them mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, oh, I mean, I'm just out having fun. Oh, I don't really want a girlfriend right now. Yeah. I, you know, I just got out of a relationship. I'm not looking to settle down. Those are key phrases that tell you this is just a guy that's having a good time. Right. He's not interested in a commitment with, with you. you. And this phrase, even though it makes it sound like, you know, there's a difference, the bottom line is when you're the one talking and you're the one that's presenting yourself for a relationship, if he doesn't want a commitment with you, it doesn't. It means with you. He doesn't want to have, be bothered. He's not looking for, at you as being the serious relationship type for whatever reason. And so it's, it's mo- you know, just move on. Guys are usually pretty honest in the beginning. Yeah. You know, they tell you who they are. Women just don't listen. Right. But then some women think, well, maybe I'll change his mind. Maybe uh, I'll grow on him. Please. Moss grows on rocks. Does it change the rock from being a rock? No. no it's still a rock. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so true because I think, don't you find guys, um, 
they get married or they make a commitment when they find the right girl. Yeah. Um, I mean, and the, the the commitment comes with amazing speed. Yes. I mean, sometimes within weeks, he'll decide, this is the one. This is the one I want to marry. And there's no begging involved. She doesn't have to chase him. Mm. She doesn't have to ask him. She doesn't have He's out buying a ring. He's telling all his friends he met this chick. He wants to introduce her to his family, his children from his ex-wife. I mean, you know, she's there. She's mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. And there's no effort really on her part, no pressure required. He is 100% there. That's what you want. So any pressure you feel like you have to put on a guy to try to make him commit, Mm -hmm. that means you're not the one. Just leave it alone. Move on. Yeah, and, you know, guys I talk to, they are uh, working in the dating world from the standpoint of, oh, I wonder if she's the one. Because I've heard so many guys say that, oh, I I thought she was the one. I thought she was the one. So I think when they meet you, they're thinking she's either the one or she's not the one. Yeah, and they, they decide that pretty much right off the bat. But they decide, you know, they'll stick around because... It's convenient. The sex is good. You know, she's Lots fun. They, right. She likes to play golf like him. I mean, you know, yeah. they have different reasons for being in the relationship. But it's pretty obvious from early on if, if he's into you on that level or not. Yeah. I mean, I knew this guy. He was a notorious player. And then he met this girl. And he was convinced she was the one. So it, to prove to her that he was serious, he opened up a bank account together with her. That was the last thing I would have thought that he would have done, but he wanted to marry her, and then it ended up she was still having sex with her ex-boyfriend, so that didn't work out. Yikes. (laughs) Yikes. Yeah, Yeah. so that really sort of tore him apart for a while. But, um, yeah, I mean, he was ready to stop playing and get serious because he thought she was the one. See, there you go. Yeah, I remember. I learned that from my early on from, you know, my dad and uh, my uncles and things. And each one of these men that I met said that the woman that they married, they knew the instant that they met her that that was going to be their wife. So I'm looking at this. You know, I was just, you know, 13, 14 years old when Mm -hmm. I started hearing these stories. And I'm thinking, wow. So guys, I think, are much more into the fairy tale of happily ever after than even women are. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, and I can't tell you, Lucia, how I mean, since then, hundreds Mm -hmm. of guys have said that exact same thing. Wow. But I, knew, I knew as soon as I met her that she was you know, she was going to be my wife. Yeah, you hear that often, but it's like, I wonder how they know. Do you ever ask them how they knew? No, but I remember, did you remember that movie called um, The Godfather, that series? Of course. They called it The Lightning Bolt. <laughs> the Lightning Bolt. <laughs> the Lightning Bolt struck. And I think that's what they were talking about. That, you know, there's just like this blast of energy, this like searing wow. through their heart and mind oh that God. this the woman, this is the one. Wow. Now that you mention that, it's like I'm thinking because um, two girlfriends of mine, one, uh, weeks after she met this guy, she says she said to me, yeah, I know he's the one. And I go, how do you know? She goes, I just know. And she did end up marrying him. And then another girlfriend, uh, she ran into a guy she knew from years before. And she said as she was walking towards him, she just felt so happy and so light like she knew that something was going to happen. See? Yeah. It's like a spiritual thing. And so, you know, with that in mind, you know, dating a guy, living with him for years and years, Mm. and trying to force a commitment from him and threatening, all this stuff, why would you even want to go through those changes? Because he's not going to be, he's not focused on you like that. You're not the one. 
And every woman should want that feeling where a guy is just thrilled to look at her face and so excited to be with her. Mm-hmm. You know, he he just can't wait to be around her. He just thinks about all that's what you want. You can't force that though. It yeah. either is or it isn't. Yeah, and when guys think you're the one, they'll behave differently as opposed to if they don't think you're the one. When they think you're the one, they'll do anything for you. Oh, girl, yes. <laughs> I mean, if anything, you know, you're trying to, you know, okay, can you go away some so I can right. breathe some air that you haven't already breathed? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, I had one guy, I had a blister on my toe, and he's like, oh, let me pop that blister for you. I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's when you Oh, know. boy. Yeah, I mean, it's like people people say, well, how do I know if he's in love? It's like, you'll know, but trust me, you'll know. Oh, you will. You will know. Yeah. Okay, on to another question here. It says, are all men stupid or just the ones I meet? Realistically appraise the men you meet using the most important weapon you have in your dating arsenal, and what would that be? The most important important weapon Weapon. that a woman has Mm. is her self-esteem. That is the secret that is not revealed that I'm (laughs) going to share it. For the first time on your show. Finally, thank you. It's self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And uh, I say that because when a woman feels that she has value mm-hmm. and that she is important, um, it is much easier for her to deal with men in a way that does not project desperation or neediness. Mm-hmm. She can be friendly with the guy. She can enjoy his companionship and company, but she can be very... Um, very clear on the fact that this is not the right guy mm-hmm. and, you know, to move on past him, to let him go, right. maybe put him in what I call the friend zone, mm-hmm. but she's not trying to take every little scrap of a man that comes into her world and create a relationship from it. And that I think is key. So, you know, if you see a guy who's, who is uh, drug codependent, drug dependent, you know, has any kind of other issues, you know, baggage from women in mm-hmm. his past, you know, all those kind of things. You'll just let that go. Right. Because that's not the right guy for you. Exactly. The more you think of yourself, the less you're willing to allow someone in that's going to mess up your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't you find that probably a lot of the reason that, that women are writing to us, a lot of the problems stem from the fact that they don't think highly enough of themselves. They don't. They feel, you know, that they're nothing without a guy. And I see that a lot of young women, um, they kind of have this serial relationship. Mm. They go from guy to guy, guy to guy, guy to guy. It's like they're afraid to be alone, that they're nothing unless they have a man. And that's heartbreaking to me because they never really get to experience who they are as a person or as a woman. They only get to see themselves in reference to you know, how they are reflected in the eyes of whichever man they're with at that moment. And that's very limiting, and that's very, you know, mm-hmm. they never get a real full view of themselves as a person of power and achievement because they're limited by their relationship or lack thereof. Yeah, And that's sad to me. Yeah, and probably what happens eventually at some point, life is going to deal them uh, a hand where they're going to end up being alone for whatever reason. And they're not going to be able to handle that because they've never been alone before. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, okay. And the ne- the last one here on the back of the book is, should I work it out or dump him? Learn a surefire way to decide within the next 30 minutes. So this refers to this questionnaire in the back of your book. Yes. My, uh, is, he a, is, a, is this a sucker or not <laughs> questionnaire that I developed? 
<laughs> is he is it a trade? Is he a trade-in or a keeper? Yes. And um, yeah, and so there's like I don't know how many questions there are. Hold on. I think there's about forty. Forty-eight. Ever correctly? Okay. Yeah, forty-eight questions, and so you go through the questions, and you either say yes all the time, most of the time, some of the time, or no, never. And then, obviously, you add it up, and you see what number you get. Kind of like a Cosmo quiz, Cosmopolitan. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, some of these are obvious. Like, okay, is your significant other married, living with someone, engaged, or otherwise involved with a third party? You would think that would be obvious. Well, you <laughs> that's true. What, what am I talking about here? <laughs> oh, my you God. You would think. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, or this one would be obvious, but I, I'm surprised how, how often it's not. Um have you ever felt nervous, uncomfortable, or afraid of your significant other's temper tantrums, verbal explosions, violent behavior, or threats of violence? That, unfortunately, is so common. Oh. Um, it's especially down, it's, it's, it's moved down into the teenage, you know, yeah. high school age girls. Yes, I uh, Dating, violent dating relationships has become quite a frightening situation. I know, and even like, how many people think that it's okay if your significant other yells at you? Yeah, and calls you names. Yeah. Calls you stupid, calls you the B word, right. uses the F bomb, or, you know, all this kind of stuff. Right. That's marked disrespect. And, uh, but they don't necessarily, a lot of young ladies don't recognize that as what it is. So, or even not uh, so young it ladies. It seems obvious to you and I, yeah. but <laughs> I, I don't think it's obvious to everyone. Or even, never mind the name calling, even the raising the voice, it's like, excuse me, who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I would just never, see, I never end up with those kind of guys because I think, or even if they are those kind of guys, they know not to do it around me because I think they just get the sense that she's not going to tolerate any raising of the voice. I think it yeah. You know, it also d depends on also who you are. If they know you're not going to tolerate it, I think a lot of times they do try to control themselves. Well, they, they'll they all try it. You know, they'll try it once at least. Right. How you respond. Yes. And, uh, you know, but if you accept it or you acquiesce mm -hmm. and get into his demand, then he knows he's, he has your number and it's over. It's right. over. Right. I know. Uh, let's see. Does your, another good one, does your significant other display any disrespectful or abusive treatment towards friends or family? <sighs> yeah, they, yeah. Go, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was going to say that is also um, kind of a hidden um, thing. You know, they'll say things like, oh, you know, I don't like that friend. Mm. Uh, your friends are stupid. You know, your friends are sluts. You shouldn't be hanging around with them. You know, you've had this, you may have like a male friend that you've had since you were both in diapers. Oh, I don't like him. I think he wants you. You know, this kind of thing. Right. And they start slowly putting wedges in between you and the people that you care about. Right. Or um, I've gone out on dates. I went out with a guy and um, he gave his credit card to pay. And for some reason, he was paranoid that they were going to, like, steal his credit card number or something. So after a few, like, a minute of uh, having given the card to pay, he's like, where's my card? I want it back. What are you guys doing with my card? Okay, you're weird. Yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, my, get me out of here. Next, you know, check, please. <laughs> oh, boy. Or, I, I mean, I could tell you stories and stories. You know, obviously, these are all one-date things. This guy, he's like, uh, he's got, I don't know, eight cars, three homes, 
and then he didn't get his valet ticket stamped, so he had to pay for the the parking. And he was pissed that he had to pay eight dollars or whatever it was. And he caused a scene. Over eight dollars. Yeah, and he's a multimillionaire. So I mean I wanted to get out of the car but I had high heels and I couldn't walk home. So I No, <laughs> yeah, you have those shoes that are definitely meant for sitting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I said, "Boy, I'd like to leave this sucker right here right now, but okay, I'll let him drive me home and then I'll never want to see him again." But, you know, Isn't that funny? But what's funny or not so funny is that people will put up with that. No, I never I would dump the guy because we were at a restaurant, you know, similar situation. And uh, he like lost his mind at the waiter. Now the waiter doesn't fix the food. Yeah. You know, the waiter just brings it, right. and they're not going to like dig in your meat and make sure it's cooked to your satisfaction. They're going to bring it. They put the order in. They're going to grab it. They're going to bring it to the table. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want more done, less done, whatever, then he will take. You know, he will address it. But to go off and call the guy names, he was a stupid. You know, f bomb mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Girl, I knew right there, this was it. This was our last date. This was it. Because I felt like if he would treat someone in what he felt was a subservient position to him in such a way, I know I'm not too far down the list. And and so I'm, no, I'm out. You're next. But but you stayed till the end of the date? Oh, that was it. That was our first and last date. Yeah, yeah. See, I would, I would have, uh, depending on how I was feeling, I might just get up in the middle of the date and say, I'm out of here. You're crazy. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Well, he was, you know, he calmed down after that, but it just, oh, I look at that as a character oh, flaw. Yeah, yeah And, uh, you know, he didn't, he was cordial, fun. I mean, everything else, you know, the rest of the date was very nice. <laughs> but a man who would behave in such a way over what I felt was nothing, just like the guy that you were with, yeah. you know, that, that tells me something about his character. And it's not the character of an individual that I want to become too attached to. So I, you know, just let him go. Exactly. Uh, On to some other questions here. Do you and your significant other have sem- similar sex drives, levels of sexual energy, and sexual interests? Do you, I'm sure you've gotten these letters where they say, well, um, you know, I want to have sex three times a week. He only wants it twice a month. Yeah. Or where one person, there's actually, I think there's a letter in here from a young man who, you know, is involved with a young lady who only wants to have missionary sex and thinks, you know, anything uh, more of any more variety than that is bizarre. Uh-huh. And he was writing, trying to, you know, figure out what he should do about that relationship. And to me, I was thinking, wow, that's that's kind of a duh. Right, right. <laughs> duh. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's very important for a couple, especially, you know, as you move forward and want a long-term commitment, you have to be on the same page. Yeah, because if you have a great sex life, that's like the glue to a great relationship. And if it's not there, oh, it's going to fall apart. Most definitely. Yeah, but I'm surprised at the number of people that are willing to put up either with infrequent sex or what about bad sex? Yeah, well, <laughs> obviously that's not you and I. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Or, but, or sometimes people don't even know what bad sex is. They don't know they're having bad sex until they break up and have sex with someone else. And they're like, wait a minute, I just had bad sex with that other person. Yeah, and, with, and all the tasks they committed to the person. It's like, oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another one here is, can you see yourself happy with your significant other just as he or she is right now totally unchanged for years and years? That is the litmus test, mm-hmm. right? 
because people write and they complain. Well, you know, this person does this and that. But I love him, though. <laughs> or, but I love her. Right. I don't want to break up. And then, okay, well, then you're writing because you're complaining. You're not happy, right? So if this thing you're writing about right now never changes, right. can you stay happy? That is kind of a, that question is an eye-opener for 99% of the people that write me. Yeah. Because that, it kind of flips it around from focusing on the problem as in relation to, to this individual to focusing on themselves and their needs. And that is important. And a lot of them aren't able to make that transition without assistance. But once they have that question mm-hmm. right in their face mm-hmm. and they realize the answer is no, then they kind of are a little more focused and know what to do and how to eliminate that relationship. Yeah, because but that, that's my best question in the world. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> and I picked up on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, because people think that once someone signs a contract, suddenly they're going to change for the better. Well, good luck with that. I mean, that's all my goodness thing. Yeah, I mean, if anything, it's going to change for the worse because it's now it's like, okay, I got her wrapped up. I got him wrapped up. I don't have to try any hard anymore. Yeah. Yeah, you get the best out of guys usually before they commit because once they commit and think they got you, right? They you know they relax. The flowers and the romance stop. Sometimes even the bathing stops. So you, know, you, know, you have to get whatever you're going to get and decide: is this can I live with this just the way it is? And if the answer is no, then move on. Right, exactly. And another question here in the questionnaire is, when you when you think about being single again and living your, your life without this person, do you smile to yourself? <laughs> <laughs> this, this one hits home. Oh, boy, that's funny. That's funny you should pick that one. Well, yeah, I don't I throw a little humor in there. But. <laughs> no, but you know why? Because it hits home. Because I was in a long-term relationship with someone, and I was trying to get out, and he wouldn't let me get out. And um, I, I was saying things to him like, he, he goes, well, I'm thinking of getting a ring. And I go, if you get me a ring, I'm going to throw it at you. Oh, wow. You know, and I'm not that, you know, I mean. Well, Lucia, tell us what you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not one to hold back. And and I even said, when we break up, I'm going to throw a party. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, I pull no punches. And, but he still would not leave me alone. It was horrible. <laughs> Wow, I mean that's you know. Wow, okay. Well, you're you're very clear about your feelings. <laughs> yeah, no, be, no beating around the bush. I remember I was getting him a card for Valentine's, and the card said to the man of my dreams. And I'm thinking, man of my dreams? He's the man of my nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is funny. Oh god. Yeah, yeah, you're funny. But well, yeah, that's that's it's very honest, and that is exactly uh, the point that I was trying to get across to people. Yeah, exactly. If you're so, if you're going to be really happy without him, then what the heck are you doing there? Well, because some women, you know, like we said at the top of the show, have that need to be in a relationship. They feel like they're nothing if they don't have a man. Yeah, yeah. My problem was that wasn't my problem. My problem is he was like, you know, this sounds like a soap opera. He was like blackmailing me. He would not let me go. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some, and that emotional blackmail. Yeah, I've had some drama in my life. If you read my bio, you'll see. <laughs> I see. Wow, that's funny, though. I know. Once well, you know, I'm just so wonderful. Once guys have me, they don't want to let me go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, um, where can people read your column? Oh, I saw. I have a website. Mm-hmm. Um, ask Hartbeat. That's A S K 
heartbeat.com. I do the column like every two weeks or so. Uh Uh, And, uh, you know, or they can submit a a question for a personal advice consultation. Mm -hmm. There's a small fee involved with that, but the the weekly, bi-weekly column rather is, uh, is free. And, and there's tons and tons, I mean, like years of archive oh, I bet. there with the search feature. So, you know, most questions have been asked before in some some way, shape, or form, and they can just do a search and, and find an answer that would probably fit their situation. Right. And I went on the Ask Heartbeat site today, and there seems to be like a lot going on there. Besides uh, questions, there's also, what else is going on, on that site? Oh, I'm doing research for my next books. Um so there's uh, quite a few surveys uh, oh, okay. in place for people to respond to. Right. Uh, there's a discussion forum. There's uh, uh, tons and tons yeah. of articles that I've written as well as other people have penned. So the, it's a vast resource for information on relationships of all types. Right. And, uh, you know, I started the site, Lucia, the, the thing that was so funny uh-huh. is I started the site originally to focus on African-American and interracial relationships. Uh-huh. But as I went on, I discovered that the issues that I thought were primarily those, you know, that affected these types of relationships mm-hmm. were actually affect everyone. Oh, of course. People are people. Yeah. You know, there's <laughs> a few, few little things, but... Sure. Um, it was amazing to me. So the site, even though it's folk, you know, it's it's tailored to that particular segment of the market, mm-hmm. attracts people from all over the world. Some people that can't even speak English, I, they type their letter. I have to put it into one of those translator things to figure out what it is they're asking me. Right. <laughs> so I, I know. I know. I know. But so let me ask you this then. Um, so in you know, first focusing on the African American relationships. Do you find there's any difference at all between, let's see, African-American relationships and, let's say, relationships between Caucasians or other races? Uh, there are still two. Oh. Um, yeah, there's still two that uh, must be con- that we, we, we can't ignore. Uh-huh. One is the issue of, you know, racism here in the United States right. and how that affects African-Americans economically and emotionally. Mm-hmm. That definitely carries over into interpersonal relationships. And then the second is um, the difference in structure of relationships because statistically, the greatest number of singles is in the African-American community. Right. Uh, there are more single black women. And I don't mean, you know, we took a look at what they show on television, the little, you know, baby mama type. Right, right. That's not what I mean. Mm-hmm. I'm talking college-educated, mm-hmm. sophisticated, well-read, well-traveled women that would make people a great wife. Mm-hmm. They are single. Mm-hmm. They cannot find a suitable mate. And uh, that's, that's, that's a big problem. So those two things uh, definitely affect black couples, that real black women, mm-hmm. singles, whatever, at a greater extent than any other ethnic group. Interesting. Yeah, I, I had heard about that, actually. Yeah, and yeah, but that's what we're contending with. And what about interracial? What do you find if would be the biggest problem in an interracial relationship these days? Uh, well, the, I don't know. He, you know, I live in California, so here yeah. it's really yeah, it's it's okay a very widely accepted thing, we're so fine. it's no big deal right. there. Right. But what happens, I think, you know, there are a lot of family issues, family dynamics of, you know, 
people having to adjust to this type of relationship. So there's still, I still get lots of letters from young Caucasian females whose families have threatened them with mm. being home if they bring home another person, you know, person of another race. Yeah. That's very common. And then um, I think there really needs to be a lot more open-mindedness, especially in African-American women, that men of other races oddly, really can love you. Mm-hmm. Black, black women seem to be very hesitant to do that, to yeah. open up the door to other races of men. And because uh, the greatest majority, like 70% of the interracial relationships in the black community are between black men and other women. Right, right. Yeah. So black women. That's something we're kind of late getting on board with that. <laughs> but Hop on board. Think, get on the you know, if you want to do something about these high levels of singing, or you want to have babies, you want to have a husband, right. you know, you're going to have to open that door. Yes. Right, exactly. Well, I, you know, I grew up in Canada where there isn't really a lot of um, racism. So it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and the people I, you know, I have friends that are from Europe and, you know, England, whatever, and they just kind of scratch their head and go, God, you guys are weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is all this? Or, or you're still behind in the times. It's like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and it's too bad. Well, hopefully we'll get rid of it sooner or later. I would love to see that. Exactly. I would love to see that. Exactly. Let's spread love and peace all around. <laughs> no. It would be nice. It's not really nice because I am. Um, you know, I have friends of all races and things like my wedding pictures look like a little United Nations. <laughs> and those, those are my friends, you know, people I've grew up eating these different types of food and things. So, you know, I grew up in San Francisco. There's somebody from every corner of the world there. And, uh, you know, your world is so much richer yeah. in your experience as a human being, so much better when you... Uh, open that door and experience interaction with people that are different than yourself. So well, I, you know, hopefully that will change and people will become more accepting. Well, you know, as I heard someone once put it so eloquently, it's like you're going to reject someone just because of the amount of melanin they have in their skin? Yeah. That, that's you all know, it is. That's let's all it look is. at the gift. That's why I, I call that the gift because what's, you know, you don't ex- don't necessarily reject your gift because you don't like the way it's wrapped. Yeah. It's not, that's essentially what people are doing because the gift can become, you know, wrapped in polka dot paper or green paper or yellow, you know, or some yellow newspaper. But you look at what the gift was inside, and there's your present. And uh, I think when people can kind of get past that, the world will be a much better place. Yes, I totally agree. So in order to get your book, um, you have the website, which is suckafreelove.com. Uh-huh, and it's S-U-C-K-A. So for those people that aren't down with the slang, <laughs> it's, not, the... <laughs> it's not sucker. <laughs> it's a sucker. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you tell them. <laughs> um, okay, great. So we'll put the link on the website, obviously, to that website, and they can get your book. And thank you so much for joining me today. It's been fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Take care. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, that was Deborah Cooper, a.k.a. Ms. Heartbeat, with Sucker Free Love. (laughs) Okay, let me read some um, letters or emails, I still call them letters, that I got on my, um, one of my profiles on one of the internet sites I'm on, and I'm not telling you which one, because I don't want you looking for me. (laughs) You'll never find me anyways. Uh, Hold on, I know I'm far away from the mic right now. Okay. All right, so let me read you this one. 
I just wanted to know if you are still single and looking for someone worthwhile. Well, yeah. Why would I be up here on this website if I'm not? I am new and still working on a picture. Well, why don't you get your picture together before joining? Hello. If you're concerned about looks, then let me describe. If you are the type who is not concerned about looks, then two, th- two thumbs up for not being hypocritical. That's what he wrote, hypocritical. So I think he's trying to say, or I know he's trying to say hypocritical, or it could be hypercritical. Um, and so how is one hyper, now he's got me saying it wrong, Hi- hypocritical, <laughs> a hypocrite for judging by their looks? That's just the way that um, human beings are put together. We obviously judge first by the looks, then we go from there. And I know it's not a popular view, or a lot of people will try to say that, but he's probably, I don't know, he doesn't have his picture up, and he's worried about me being worried about his looks, so it makes me wonder what he looks like. Does that make sense? Anyways, he goes on to say, I am 38, handsome, fit, witty, psychologically stable. Now, why would he put psychologically stable? Why would he mention something that one would assume that one is? And the fact that he would mention it makes me think that he's not. Does that make sense? Financially secure, live life simply and not too complex, ambitious, spontaneous, entrepreneur, empathic, um, compassionate, la, 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 la. So, you know, my thought is, okay, so what have you done for me lately? I mean, he talks about everything he is, but what's he going to do for me? You know, the problem people make in these um, web uh, dating thingy (laughs) is they talk about who they are, but... It's, you know, I mean, those are just words on a page. That's what I'm trying to say. And they, they really evoke no emotion. Um, I think you need to paint more of a picture of, you know, I like to do this. I like to sleep in on a Sunday morning. I like to cuddle with my lady on a Sunday morning uh, and read the paper in bed and then serve her breakfast. You know, things like that. Talk about what you're going to do for the person. Don't just talk about yourself because you're just um, having your resume walk in front of you. And no one is going to be attracted to a resume. And um, so then he goes on to say, if you're not too shy or intimidated. So now he's almost insulting me. It's like, okay, well, if you're not going to respond, that means you're too shy or intimidated. Uh, Maybe it means I'm not interested. And he writes, "Uh, here's my number. Or leave yours and I'll call you back. It's like, dude, I don't even know you. I'm not going to leave you my number. (laughs) And why are you leaving your number so easily? You don't know anything about me. And yet you just, makes me think you're just giving your number to everybody. You know, so you're loose. You're loose with your number. Uh, it says you won't be disappointed. I'm worth your time and effort. Well, I don't know about that. Um, so obviously I didn't respond because, again, as I put in my profile, no photo, no response. And people think I'm kidding, but I'm not because usually I find if there's no photo, there's a damn good reason. And it's because the guy is scary looking. Or um, if there's one photo, I always ask for more. And if someone is going to be uh, annoyed by that, then obviously I think they're hiding something. Or if someone is um, just has pictures that they've taken on their phone themselves in the mirror, and so sometimes you can't even see their face or it's blurry, it's like, come on, can't you get a decent picture? If you're really looking for someone, you'll get a decent picture. And if you're not, then you're not, and I don't want to know you. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and um, listening to my interview with Deborah Cooper, a.k.a. Ms. Heartbeat, 
author of Sucker Free Love. And I would like to remind you, if you'd like to do some advertising on my show, you can write to me, Lucia, at theartoflove.net. My website to read excerpts from my book is lessonsoflove.net. And my other regular website where you can sign up for my weekly newsletter, which comes out every Wednesday, and catch the latest news on what's happening with me, and also see the answers that I give to people that write to me, because obviously I... Deborah can't respond to everybody. I, I take her leftovers. No, I'm just kidding. And that website is theartoflove.net. Artoflove.net. Thank you so much for joining me. And remember, love inspires, empowers, uplifts, and enlightens. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on LA Talk Radio. Oh.